What up, what up, what up? Uh, we're back with another episode of Between Two Posts, episode 46. Yeah? Yeah, well, 46. Maybe. I think so. Um, what's up, everybody? It's an afternoon. Happy Halloween. We're recording. Well, it's past that. I don't know. You guys are going to get this on Wednesday. It is Halloween today. It's 832 on a Monday. Um, Evan, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. And you are how? Uh, I'm here. We're good. We're rolling. You know, things have been worse. I, I think I'm kind of coming out of it. We're, uh, we're rolling. So I got, uh, I'm lined up for three games this week after not playing for three or four weeks with my knee being messed up. So I think I'm going to go into three. I got one Tuesday night and two back to back on Wednesday. So I think I'm just going to re-injure myself and I'll be out for another month. So I'm pumped. Yeah. I got to practice with the monsters tomorrow. So we'll see how that one goes. So should we call EP and take off that retired chat or what? Yeah, yeah, take that off. Yeah. <laughs> Who no. uh, who's in Cleveland right now, goalie wise? Uh Greaves and Greaves, Jeff, Jeff Greaves and Pavel Kajan or Cajun. I don't know Kajan. Uh how about a sick name, Jet Greaves? Jet, Jetter, what up? Like He's sick name, right? Nasty too. Yeah. He's gonna be so good, dude. He's nasty. Where'd he come from? Major Junior? Barry. Okay. Yeah. Barry. Oh. And then the cat Cajun. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I feel bad. I just call him Pav whenever I see him. Uh he uh he is Czech, played World Jays. I think he only played like a game or two. And uh he played in uh it's Sudbury or Barry, I think, as well. Sudbury Saturday night. Yeah. So yeah, I uh I don't know really why they need me, but get to go uh, get to go pretend I'm still uh, somewhat active tomorrow and see how it goes. Hopefully my groins and hips stay intact, knock on wood. Hey, uh, it's too bad we don't have Kyle on because I'd love to ask, who do you think's in better shape, you or Kyle? I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll let you, you take a guess. You know what? I did pull a Moiser move though. I, uh, I've been get, trying to get in the gym. You know what? I, uh, I think it was Saturday or Sunday. We ran, I, I, I walked jogged, um, at no choice of my own, but I walked jogged a 5k Sunday morning, made it look like I was running though. And then, uh, what else did I get going? Uh, got in the gym. What was it? No, it wasn't Saturday. That was Fort Wayner. Was it Friday before practice? I got in the gym. So I've been back in it, you know, just trying oh, yeah. to slim down and, offset all the mcdonald's i eat on the road when i'm coming back from fort dub um skylar garver sky beauty says hello sends his love miss him miss that guy i uh i got to step into the beautiful war war memorial in fort wayne and man that is a tough town fort wayne is grit unlike any other place i've ever been to it is tough as fucking nails you know oh yeah no it, it is very uh and it's it's so literally the tallest, biggest building in the city. I'm pretty sure is the War Memorial because it's like you're literally just like strip malls and Flat. gas stations, couple apartment buildings here and there, and then out of nowhere the War Memorial. Uh yeah, actually, like probably my like my growing up best friend. He went and played uh, uh, for Indiana Tech. Yep, club hockey there and. Uh, I went and visited him a few times and like hung out. And I, I, the one time pack when Packy was in Fort Wayne, I went out and saw him. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's 
it's it literally it's draw to people is the fact that it is the cheapest city to live in in the United States. Like that, <laughs> that is like, that. then I mean, that's what it's known for. And it's really, I mean, it's, I don't think it's like anything crazy safe, but I don't, I also don't think it's like, you can't walk around at night and like be scared. I'm sure there's just like everywhere. There's some parts, but it's, yeah, it's, it's really like if, if you, if you don't need any amenities of an actual city and you just want your city to be all strip malls and restaurants, then Fort Wayne is the place for you. I'm going to call cause they, they got to have like a, a travel site or travel, like, you know, whatever, like, you know how you see the Michigan, Michigan commercials, pure Michigan and stuff. You should do their Fort Wayne spot. Yeah. Fort Wayne. It's if, cheap. If you don't need nothing and it's all flat and you're fine with a Walmart red lobster and a CVS on every corner. Come on down to Fort Wayne. Come check it out. Catch a Comets game. Go see Indiana Tech. Go play a club hockey game at the coldest rink in in all of Indiana. Come hang out in the world. Um, hey, I did you see what happened with Michigan, Michigan State after the game? The football game. Yeah, that guy that got his face yeah. nose play broken. Stupid, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I went at it with a, a a friend, well, not a friend, a person I went to high school with, and she's, you know, a Red Wings fan, but uh, like didn't play sports, doesn't have a boyfriend or fiance that doesn't play sports or didn't play sports and like doesn't really get it. Um, and she's talking about how like they just like acted like animals, blah, blah, blah. I saw the TikTok where he jumped around and like was celebrating. And I get it like huge. Like I totally get it. I knew Michigan State was going to get smacked. They're not good. I don't understand this whole talk coming thing. Um and they had rightfully won, but you know how those games go, especially when it's a one-team tunnel. The refs come out, Michigan waits, away team goes, and you separate it. And yeah, there's always like eventually there's going to be a last few like you know visiting players going into the room, and then Michigan's going to come by, and then they'll start talking and you know chirping. But by that point, there's so many numbers and big groups that like nothing can really happen. But like you said, you're jumping around and you're getting in the mix, and you. The thing is, they're like, oh, well, they have scholarships and like they're going to go try and play pro. They play a game where like we talked about football before, where they're trying to kill each other almost. Right. Like the whole football is built so much on hype where they smash their heads in the lockers before games. They smack each other on the head. They're trying to get fired up because when you go out there, you got to run somebody over. You can't hit them with your head anymore, but you want to like knock that guy out. Right. Yeah. So after the game, you get I guarantee they're like, oh, you and like what happened shouldn't have happened. I get that but you know, he was in there running his mouth. And- oh, and, and like that, the thing is, is like just putting your, like if, and I mean, like he obviously was running his mouth and like whatever, but like, I think back to, you know, two or three years ago on the coast and I played with him in, in Jacksonville. I mean, I, I spent time with uh, Brett Gallant in Cleveland and the, and uh, Anthony Collins in Birmingham, but in Jacksonville, I played with, Travis Howe. And I mean, those three guys are like some of the toughest guys in hockey and like Howie, uh, he got suspended for like, it was like something crazy. It was like 15 games or something when he played, he he played in Fort Wayne. He was trying to go into Wheeling's dressing room. Like after warmups, he was trying to go into their dressing room and like, and fight like whoever it was on Wheeling. And, uh, you know, you think, you think about it and like Howie is one of the toughest people I've ever met in my life. And he would probably kill 99.9% of people. But if Howie had gotten into Wheeling's room, it would have, it would have been 20 on one. And it's like, 
you know what I'm saying? Like even the, even the toughest guy in the world isn't going to have a chance. So if, if you're a, if you're a Michigan football player and it is 60 Michigan state guys, just got their asses handed to them. Embarrassed on national television too. And you're running your mouth and like dapping fans out on the way out and stuff like that. Like, what do you really think is going to happen? Stay out on the field for an extra five minutes, sing your fight song with your teammates and wait until, you know, after, and then run, run your mouth when you're walking through the tunnel to the fan, whatever you got to do, have fun Mm -hmm. with it. But I mean, no one deserves, no one deserves to get jumped like that, but it's like I said, it's a, it's a thing of a uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I'm, I'm glad that we see eye to eye on that. And that's why you're such a smart guy. Cause I did reply to her and I said, like, we were, I thought about like going at it. And then I just said, no, like she doesn't get it. Like she doesn't play sports, blah, blah. And I just said, I guess personally, I would never just put myself in that position because like, that's, you're asking your, I, my first comment was he was asking for it. What did you think was going to happen when you jumped in with their team and you're running down the, the hallway with the rest of them? Stupid. And I don't know if he would have played. Well, maybe because, I mean, say he was on like, I don't know how the game finished. I forgot if it was like offense or D because he didn't have a helmet on. And most of the guys coming off the field had helmets on too. So like typically guys that don't have helmets on don't play, right? Yeah. So like imagine that too if he didn't play like not that that makes it right for him to get his nose broken and just beat to death but uh you know like a, a bench guy coming off and just rubbing it in your face is tough so yeah um how about your blue jackets any good news uh i don't know outside like I... of that other stuff like wins losses are we are we gonna buzz or are we are we struggling uh, they are not looking as good as I thought they would. I I think, uh, I'm thinking Corpy's gonna, gonna, he's coming back. He just, I know he played, uh, he played Saturday for the monsters yeah. and he, he had like 38 on 40 and Ooh. my buddies were all saying he looked really good. And, uh, I don't know, maybe I, I, I'm all on the, I think Corpy's nasty. I know yeah. he, uh, he had his down seasons, but there's also like, I, just inconsistency he's had like a lot some downtime but he's also had some time where it's like holy cow this guy can fucking play yeah and uh i don't know maybe it's maybe we'll get a a version of corpy that pulls boys out of the uh out of the dumps and you know gets them back on the right side of things they just left for finland i think yesterday so yeah i mean that going on it's so early on though in the year, like everyone's panicking. Like people are in Detroit are talking about like, oh, who doesn't have it and that doesn't have it. And it's just like settle down. Your team needs to hit a spurt like January, February. And up until then, they just kind of gotta like tread water. Right? Five hundred. Yep. Keep yourself uh, in striking distance. Exactly. Um shit, what was I gonna ask you? Oh, that story, I still think, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but the Nick Blankenberg, I know we're goalie podcast, but the Nick Blankenberg story is like really cool, at least for me, because yeah. uh, I dealt with Alex when he was, uh, you know, in the Nall, and then he went to UNO and he was working future pro. Um, but Nick, I remember when I came home from school and I was playing wins, men's league games on Wednesdays and whatever, Nick was wor- was working at the rink, was cutting the ice. It was after he finished his 16 year, I think he didn't make like an NA or USHL team out of camps came back, played 18s at Bell Tire. And then he like, you know, traveled to the circuit, made his way up, got to U of M. And I go, oh, like, that's pretty cool. It'll be a depth guy there. Like great D1 school to be at, great program to be a part of. No offense, Evan. Um, 
But uh, at Michigan, his senior year ends up being a captain, huge impact guy, and then signs an NHL. Well, I don't know what how was it an NHL yeah. deal? Yeah, he signed an NHL deal, right? He got an NHL deal with guaranteed games on it, so that's why he played. He, well, I mean, he was probably going to play anyway if they were were that high on him, but that's why he was playing at the end of last year too. And then what was it like a week ago? Last week, middle of last week, he just bodied two guys and put up a point in one game. Dude, he, yeah, and I mean. Well, I think I told the, I forgot. I think I told the story. He like my, he was like tra- the one time we were going at a little bit and like, he said something about like, it sounds like I smoked three packs a day. Yeah. <laughs> but No, it, like I, I remember going at it with him and he was one of those guys where like, you, you'd each say something and then like, you'd almost like acknowledge it and like, la- you'd laugh about you it. A a laugh. <laughs> like, the one time, the one time I, he was bitching about getting hit or something like that to the raft. And I looked over at him like, you're an AJ guy, man. You should be tougher than that. And and he just, he just kind of, he just kind of laughed. He's like, yeah, well, you're a South guy. Like you should know too. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not out there or something like that. And it was just <laughs> one of those things where like, you both, you both kind of laugh at each other. And, but I, yeah, I mean, it, it is a cool story. And like, I mean, there's, it's like you said, it seemed like there's, he's, not a huge guy he's not like never he's not big and like it was it just for whatever reason everything fell into place for him which i mean good for him and hopefully uh hopefully he can he can be part of the solution down down south on 71 well that's good stuff uh evan you got anything else because we got a banger of an episode lined up which uh we're gonna have to clean up a little bit and uh take some things out but uh that's neither here nor there but you got a banger of an episode with adam carlson what'd you think I think that guy's a fucking beauty. Like all I time, mean, we said it about nine times in the episode. When you guys, listeners, when you guys hear it, uh, I can't believe I never crossed paths with him. <laughs> yeah. Just, but uh, dude, I first time I ever met him, could have sat there for hours and hours and talked to him. And I mean, we we probably stayed on a good thirty minutes after we finished with him. But he, uh, he's a legend, and I, I, I think this episode's gonna be pretty fucking good. Reminds me, uh. He's got he's got stories for days. So it kind of reminds me of CJ, you know, in a yeah. little bit where just got stories and he doesn't mind telling them and he's he's good at telling them. So I'm pretty excited for this one. Yeah, there's uh oh man, like this one should be uh they should do numbers for us. But uh yeah, Carl's all time. Check out the episode. Evan, you got anything else before we close it out? No, sir. Uh between two posts, uh like, follow, subscribe, show some love, tell your friends about us, tell your mom. Go on your mom's phone, open up her Spotify and or podcast app and just give us a download and like play, uh, get us those listens. Cause we're, we're going to try and do a, a live show here at Razzles and we just need some more funds to get the Southern boy all the way up to the, uh, God's country, Ohio. You know what I mean? So like, follow, subscribe, um, show some love, tell your friends about us, get us some extra likes and listens. And, uh, before you know it, you'll be at the live show in Cleveland. So I'll, uh, we'll see you after. Next week, next Wednesday, new episodes every Wednesday. Adios. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all those goalies all around the world, we're back with another episode of Between Two Posts. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, do we have an episode for you. Oh man, the kid from Edina, Adam Carlson, coming out of Mercyhurst who signed pro and now is uh, a veteran of Rapid City Rush and quite, uh, quite the outdoorsman himself. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Pleasure to be here. It's a dream come true between two posts. Hell yeah. I couldn't believe we landed you, to be honest, after we talked to <laughs> my people, contacted your people that contacted your other people that contacted Rapid. 
to get you on. I'm like, I'm, I'm very impressed. So I appreciate you taking the time out of the schedule to, to sit down with us. Anytime. I'm uh it's a, uh, it was shitty fishing yesterday. So I'm, I'm not too mad that I'm sitting at home right now, hanging out here. It, well, that's what I was going to say. Like you're, uh, I think you're very close to becoming like an influencer in the world of Instagram, but not like, you know, like I'm a model, I do costumes, look at my makeup, but like, and the outdoorsman, like there's an outdoorsman, you know, oh, I yeah. don't know what you want to call it, sector of Instagram. And like some of your videos and like when you released that, I don't know, rainbow trout in the water, that was sick. Oh yeah. I, like, I honestly, I just, I got hooked on it a couple years ago out here in Rapid City and then Last year, I had an injury, and I just started filming myself, and I was like, wow, this shit's pretty cool, and I was in a beautiful area, which most people don't know. Rapid City is unbelievably gorgeous. The Black Hills, like, if, if anyone's seen my videos, like, they're, it's an incredible area out here, and luckily, uh, the fish are pretty cool looking, and I get some cool angles to make myself look good, and uh, it just looks good on the internet, so works out. What, uh, I mean, what are you filming with though? Like, is it like some of your shots look like 4k, 8k kind of things? Right? Well, whatever, whatever this thing is, I think it's the, uh, iPhone, iPhone 10. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's only got the two cameras on it. So it's not super cool, but I mean, I literally just set it up in the dirt and, and it, and it does, does its job for me. So that is a salt of the earth type of man. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> That's, I think you're the first person to ever call me that salt of the earth. I think my fiance would argue differently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I guess you are from Edina, so that reverses everything. So yeah, like I gotta. Yeah. Maybe I should take that back into perspective. Yeah. But but yeah. being a man, I usually don't patient. tell people that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't tell people that. Minneapolis, South <laughs> Minneapolis, South Minneapolis, General <laughs> Sports. You know that general era, Braemar oh, yeah. Arena, and yep. people just oh you're you're describing Edina without saying yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah that's it yeah <laughs> pretty much um. I, I want to ask more about the fishing. Like, do you get into fly fishing? Do you do it all? Like, um, so I grew up like just your standard Minnesota fishing. Yeah. Um, you know, just uh, actually, we used actually in Edina, we used to go, uh, you know, like a uh, rolling green in Edina. It's yeah. the super rich neighborhood in Edina. There's a, yeah, just there's keep a that couple going. of, keep that going. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple of, uh, ponds that they stocked with a bunch of bass. Okay. And like, they, there were some, big bass in there and we used to go out and uh steal people's paddle boats <laughs> and, yeah that's a good way to go uh, we just we just show up with our fishing gear and steal people's paddle boats and like go go hammer um bass all day i mean like i'd show up to the practices or baseball and my thumbs would just not have any skin on them because we catch so many fish and then uh uh, my cousin, who's my cousin, Brett, uh, Brett Carlson, he's actually the best man at our wedding coming up here next July. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're very excited. Uh, he got hooked on muskies. And so whenever I go fishing now back home, um, I got another buddy who played here in Rapid City, Alex Stevens. Like if I'm fishing in the summer, it's either with Brett or with Steve-O. Yeah. And we are hammering muskies or trying to i've only caught one in my life and i shouldn't even call it a muskie it was like 27 inches but it is such a thrill even just to see him like porpoise out of the water like if i'm fishing back at home it's it's muskies or walleye and then um when i came back here i played here <clears throat> five years ago and i didn't really know what the hills were i just kind of fell in love with rapid city as a whole and then um let's see what was it 
four, four years ago, I signed a deal with Manitoba, left, and then COVID hit. And then I came back here um, during the COVID season. And then during that year, I was uh, played with a teammate, Avery Peterson, who is uh, like – his kid's a wood tick is the best way to describe him. He's from Grand Rapids, <laughs> Minnesota. I think he won Mr. Hockey in like 2013, 14. Really? I don't know. But he, he is he is a wood tick. Great hockey player, even better outdoorsman. And uh, he got me hooked on fly fishing. And literally, I went – before I even went, I bought like a brand new setup <laughs> because I knew I was going to get hooked on it. And I have – I've spent every every waking minute of free time that I have in Rapid City is spent on a stream or on a lake fly fishing. Like I got hooked on it that quick, and now, as, aside from stopping pox, it's pretty much all I think about. <laughs> yeah, like I, I like again. You know, I don't get to travel out to the Dakotas too much. Shocks. Uh, that's a bummer. Um, <laughs> but Rapid City, yeah, not you're, much. You're right there on the Black Hills National Forest, and it, like it's not far. Like, what is that? Maybe a 10, 15 minute drive before you start to get into that. So actually, our our apartment right now, where I'm actually sitting at, uh, I have a shitty view of it, but um, we are like the last standing residential structure. So like, there's there's houses in the hills, yeah, but we are the last um, apartment complex before the hills. So like, you drive straight out of. Um, you drive south straight out of uh, Rapid City. Um, you're, you're driving straight to the hills. We're right off Mount Rushmore Road. So if you keep going past our apartment for another 20 minutes, you run into Mount Rushmore. Oh. And the um, it's actually, it's uh, technically Rocky Mountain National um, Park Service because this is the foothills of Rock, the Rocky Mountains, technically. Um, so we're right across the street from the ranger station. So like you, you drive literally three minutes down the road, you're in the Hills. Like you're legitimately there. So like, we're, we're not even, we're not even 10 minutes. We're like five. <laughs> so we're right there. It's a 15 minute walk. Excuse me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Spade. Um, I do have a funny, you know, speaking about a muskie real quick. Uh, I think I might've been like five or six. And I had a Mickey Mouse fishing pole. My dad was, we were out at the marina. My dad's waxing the boat. We we're doing like preseason prep. My yeah. mom's there. She's doing something. But I'm just sitting there with a life jacket on at the edge of the dock, fishing with a Mickey Mouse pole. I don't even know what I had on there, but like not a whole, like not a great rig, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, dropped, I dropped it in and like, you know, in the, in the wells and the slips, you got all those wood poles and these were old ones. Yeah. So like, it's easy to get caught when you're a kid. You don't know what the, you're doing. So you're just throwing it out there and pulling it back in, throwing it out, pulling back in. And it got to a point where I got caught or what I thought. And I'm like, I'm reeling, I'm reeling, I'm pulling it in. And I'm like, you know, dad, like I'm screwing over to my dad, 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 can you come help me. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get it in. And my dad yeah. gets off the boat and he's like, what are you doing? Like I'm waxing. I'm like, we're trying to get rolling, quit messing around. And you're probably just caught on something. Yeah. So after I'd been reeling in for like three to four minutes, my dad comes over and he starts pulling it in, pulling it in. And eventually he pulls it over to the dock. He walks around the edge to pull it to the, to the shorter side of the dock and he's reeling it up and he goes, Oh my God. And I'm standing like probably three feet back with my mom watching. Cause I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen. And he pulls up and in my mind, like when I was five, it looked like it was like, you know, two That's feet hard. long, three feet long. Like it was humongous. But it was just bleeding down the side. It's just, I don't know if it got caught like on 
something got a sliver and just started bleeding or the hook pulled through or I don't know what happened. Yeah. It's bleeding. So I reeled in with this muskie with a Mickey mouse bowl. I'm five years old. It's bleeding. I'm screaming, crying because I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, I like, I killed this thing. And like I'm freaking out. My mom's just laughing. And my dad's like, Oh my God, I can't believe you caught this. So then like, you know, back then we had like uh, the film camera. My, my dad's like, well, just, if you don't want to hold it, like somebody take a picture of this fish because no one's going to believe us. And then he right. released it and threw it back. And it was like, we were on this, they called it the salt river, but it was always brown and dirty and gross. And it's like, I couldn't believe that was in there, but yeah, I caught a muskie before. Not a big deal. Man, people like you piss me off. <laughs> like, you know how many people I know that have accidentally like caught muskies that have just been like massive. And it's just like the amount of hours I've put into that stupid <laughs> fish. And I've only caught one. Is, oh, is that depressing or what? Um, uh, Evan, how we doing? Not bad, dude. Nice to meet you. Likewise. I think uh, we were in some positions where we might have crossed paths, but we never really did. Where at? Well, I was, uh, what was it, Tucson? I, I don't know if you know him at all. Do you know uh, Riley Wazlowski? Yes. We just retired his number uh, here in Rapid City uh, Saturday night. I so, played with Wesley here in Rapid. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and I, so... Two summers ago, I think it was now, I was out uh, running a camp for him. Oh, uh, yeah. With, with him, I should say, Black Hills Hockey Academy. Shame yep. And uh, he, uh, I ended up like, I worked a week with him in like Mitchell, uh, South Dakota there. And then yep. I think we were headed to Cheyenne the next week. And uh, like the day before we were leaving for Cheyenne, uh, the, blue, the Blue Jackets called me and they were like hey could you come to camp and i think <laughs> i think it was you but like he was scrambling to find a goalie coach then i 100 percent, and then i had to fly out to cheyenne yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. so then he was scrambling to find a goalie coach and i'm pretty sure he, he called you because i i was legit call, uh like i was calling everyone and i mean just the uh just because you'd know the name because he was there for a little while last year i was like calling i like called dylan kelly like 15 times i was like sure oh, yeah, you want to do this dude you sure <laughs> you want to do this but no but uh I, like i know was and then i spent a little time in jacksonville so obviously uh oh, yeah i got some time with smurf there but uh smurf daddy he's one of a kind yeah <laughs> no man nice to meet you Likewise, yeah, no, it's a super small hockey world. It gets smaller and smaller the more. Hey, honey, calm down. Sorry, my dog's going nuts behind me. Everything was fine till you showed up, Evan. So you obviously yeah, the dog I gotta go. She, no, she didn't like the beard. And just uh, I uh, I was thinking about it, like just a like you know stories to ask you about, questions to ask you about, people to ask yeah. you about, and I think it's rapid because I'm pretty sure. Wes told me a story, and then I Logan Nelson was my captain in uh, Birmingham. A couple, seasons. I think I know where this is going. And uh, <laughs> like the, I always heard, I always heard stories about uh, Slice. Is oh, that Slice? Is that uh, is that the uh, is that your bus driver? That's the bus driver there, right? Okay, so now we're we're high class citizens here in Rapid. We fly everywhere. Oh, so, um, so we, yeah, it's not too shabby. We got a flight tomorrow out of here at one thirty uh, out to Boise. So we're we're high class living here. Is that a PJ um, though? No, no, okay. we can't afford that. We're still okay. on the coast. Well, I was just, I was just, we we're just trying to figure out how high class <laughs> we're. So. In the middle, no, we fly domestic. 
<laughs> um, Slice, we've all, he only took us on one road trip uh, last year is because we had like once the summer months hit here in Rapid City, prices per ticket last minute go like twelve hundred bucks a pop. Holy so we, affordable. we, yeah, right. Um, so Slice actually drove us to uh, Utah last year. Not no, no crazy stories out of him, um, or like nothing like driving straight through twenty hours to uh, fucking Allen, Texas. But uh, no, we ne- we never had Slice when we were busting my first year here. Um, Slice, I think he he moved down south. I think he's in like yeah. uh, Tennessee or something like that. that um, so we. I never, the first time I met Slice was last year for the last road trip of the season in playoffs. So I don't have too many Slice stories, but uh, I've heard, I've heard some. (laughs) Well, I got the one I got, I got like, obviously a cut, like, I think Nelly, Nelly told me the one he used to like put like a catheter in or something, or maybe he'd just like pee. Oh yeah. No, no, that's true. What? Hang on. What? He, so he didn't have to stop. He just like. Like, I don't know if it was he'd pee in a bottle and dump it out or he put a catheter in, but no, no he'd, he'd, he'd piss in a bottle and then he'd, he'd throw it out the side of the window. And so, and mind you, mind you, you're driving through like South Dakota in the middle of winter. So it's, it's not like it's like, you know, just floating away. It's freezing to the side of the bus. He was saying <laughs> yeah. people, people are trying to like get their bags out when they get there and they're like grabbing it and they're like, wow, why is this ice on the side of the bus yellow? And then everyone goes back to it. It's like, holy shit, this guy, this is yeah. All right, clip yeah. it. We're done. Like, we got that's it. That's the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that that's that's true. Yeah, no, that's no, uh, it, that's a thing. And then chain smoking darts. Yeah, and oh, West, yeah. West told me like story like when he. I think it was when it was still a Central League when he played. Uh they were. That was, or maybe it, maybe it was like the first year of the Coast and the Central League combined or something like that. But it was when Brampton, uh, Brampton Beast or whatever it was, was still a team. Slice, yep. Slice drove from uh, Rapid to Brampton, didn't stop to sleep once. Yep. Did not like, and I, I mean, that's like a, I don't even know how that's got, that's got to be over a 24 hour drive. I mean, how many times did he sniff those keys then? Like, that's the question, I guess. Right. <laughs> I guess, how do you right. take You can't stop the bus and just, well, I guess if you guys hit a gas break or whatever. Yeah. There's Maybe. some key bumps in there. There's, there's something going on in there. <laughs> I know for sure. I know for sure his diet consisted of like hot dogs and monsters. Well, that's how you keep it going. That's how you fuel the body, baby. Right. They call those health missiles for a reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. I mean, I we got to kind of break down that play there, Evan. Uh, how, I mean, I've done, I, I'm i a journeyman myself. Like, I'll get on the road for like six, seven hours. I could never imagine being able to drive and use a bottle to take a piss and then keep going at the same time. That's in, that's insane, right? It, that is insane. Not to mention you. 25 lives are responsible for behind me on the rest of the <laughs> right I don't, I don't even think he's thinking about that at the no. time i think he's just gonna go um you know what would be even worse is you, you're that guy like on the bus yeah it's cold but like maybe you gotta like get some fresh air like you know maybe the bus is a little stale you just 
drop that window down a couple inches and you feel a little bit of spray. Oh, like well, the snow's coming in. So, so that's, that's the thing on our old bus in rapid city, there was, there's four bunks, two on each side that had windows that would open up about that much. And I've heard stories that like, like Nelly said, like, like this was like seven, eight years ago when he played here the first time and Nelly's back here. Now he wears the letter. He's an awesome guy, like great guy in the room. Probably one of the funniest guys in the room. That's oh, for sure. But the stories that he's got, like, I'm almost positive that he, he's told stories where like guys got hit in the face with piss because like the window would be open a crack. Cause you know, like the bus gets too hot or whatever. And he just open it up a crack and yeah, no, it's not snowing. It's, it's raining piss <laughs> from slice in the front seat. Yeah. Oh, no, man. That, I I was so like, and I got, I mean, it's stupid, like think about, but it's like, I got kind of lucky where like when I, my out of college, I went to the SP for, uh, for Birmingham and like, I went into a locker room that had like Nelly. And then I, I'm sure you know who Anthony Collins is too. And just like, oh yeah, hearing those, those guys are like two peas in a pod and just hearing them go back and forth and the stories they had, it was, it was awesome. Like well, your first, those- first little experience. And then after like to, and I, I don't know if he was there when you were in Jacks, but after that, like going up to uh, when I went to Jacksonville, like I, w- I walked into a locker room that had like Wacy Rabbit and uh, Dude, Wace. Oh, I Rab- love Wace. Travis Howell. Like I just again, like guys that just have stories for days and like have oh, yeah. done it so long. And like it's it's so like so awesome to have guys like that in the locker room. And I like. That, like you said, like Nelly is like an all-time guy, and I, I mean, I'm just oh yeah, just piggybacking off that. Like that, I'm so lucky. Like that, you know, my first couple experiences were like having guys like that around. Well, th- those two, they played together in Rapid, I believe, his first year in Rapid. I, believe, yeah. I think they played together in Indy. They definitely played together in Atlanta, yeah. and then down in Birmingham. What was that? two three years ago that was the COVID year right the really bad COVID year yeah 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 and that was the that was the year that Nelly just absolutely took control of the SP oh my god right <laughs> yeah it was, it was crazy because we were the worst team in the league but Nelly was like by far the best player in the league because the season after like the season after would have been last season and he I mean he was up in the American League last year for a while yeah he was ripping it up and like I wouldn't be surprised if he was the best player at uh in Wranglers camp um when he was up there this year for uh, Calgary um, in the American league. And like, he's just like, he's got it. He's got the jam. He's got the shot. He's got everything. And it's just like, the only thing he doesn't have is the contract. Yeah. And it's just like, like what, what more can it, what more can a guy do? Actually funny story about Nelly and the SB. He told me that he got, uh, that they, they sent him like a huge trophy <laughs> or whatever for it for winning the scoring title and i was like yeah what, what do you do with it you put it up in your bar and he's like no i like i honestly lost it <laughs> he doesn't even know where it is he's like i don't give a shit about that thing yeah <laughs> it's, it's just who he is as a guy yeah exactly exactly no but well he's a mini boy too oh is yeah rogers you uh he's uh he's about 45 minutes north of me right up 169 straight yeah. shot yeah so yeah, we, uh, we we crossed paths a, a little bit on the ice, but, I mean, like, we got such crazy schedules because he works for uh, – do you guys know what Map South is? It's a training yeah. – it's, yeah. it's uh, you probably know what Map South is. Uh, it's, it's 
one of the hockey training schools that Minnesota has one of the fucking 50, um, 50,000, I should say. Um, he travels from Rogers, Minnesota, all the way to Mendota Heights. So he goes all the way across the Twin Cities from Rogers, which is like 45 minutes north of where I am. So he has like an hour and 20 minute drive. This guy is fucking nuts. Like he just goes, he goes from Rogers to Mendota Heights just to get his ice and his workout in and then hopefully work a couple hours after. Like that, this kid is so dedicated and he is like, like he's a workhorse. And I mean, there's, there's days last year where he legitimately couldn't even walk into the rink because he was in so much pain and he would still, he's like Bobby Orr, like, Bobby Orr, I've heard stories like he had ice packs on his knees and he could barely walk, but yet he'd be the best guy on the ice. And that's, that's just Nelly. And he'd, he'd go and he'd throw, he'd throw, throw checks head first. And it's like, dude, Nelly, you're going to like, you, you have like damn near broken back right now. <laughs> you're just throwing, throwing your body around like crazy. Like that guy just loves Nelly. We need, Nelly, we need you to score goals, buddy. Just yeah. you know, oh, still do that. He still does that. He oh, just yeah. goes and smashes boys in the corner and then takes the puck away from him laughing. And then he goes bunk every time. The guy's something special. Oh, yeah. That's all time. Uh, Carl, I, I mean, on the topic of Slice, Evan texted me. He had a story about Slice. And I'm like, which Slice? Or I said something like when he got Sliced. And I, you know, did a lot of digging. Uh, not a lot of digging. I had to contact two people within the company and Devin <laughs> goaltenders. Um, apparently you got a little rattled in a three on three game and you tackled somebody and you got cut open pretty good. <laughs> Did you just snap oh, and lose your yeah. shit? Or is that what, what happened here? Um, well, I don't <laughs> like getting, <laughs> I don't like getting scored on period. Um, okay. And it was a kid that I actually grew up playing with Anthony Walsh. He actually just became an author. He wrote that, uh, um that cool book hockey is for everyone the little children's oh, book i don't know if awesome. you guys saw that so that that's anthony walsh that's the kid i tackled um he's a pretty nice guy and you're a snap show is what you're saying he's, he's a really good kid we were yeah we were on a three on three you know we were in a three on three rank uh before a three on three game and as my goalie coach ryan s runs devon your goaltenders um he was running the skate and just like i guess policing it a little bit and yeah, Walsh, like, took a rebound that I didn't think was a playable rebound and then just, like, skated around and uh, put the put the puck in the empty net. And, like, right before he was putting the puck in the empty net, I just bear-hugged both of his feet and just ripped him out from underneath him. And this is, this is, like, remember that time period when, like, we had, like, the knee pads that were, like, in the pads, like, the knee blocks just got taken out. They had just yeah. gotten illegal or whatever. And then like, there was a bunch of people around that would just take off the knee pads that you guys would send on top of the pads. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I, I took those off and I was like, Oh, I never get hit in the knee. Like no, no problem. Like, so I just wasn't wearing knee pads at this point in my career, like a jackass. And of course, like what happens to like somebody when you take their feet out from underneath them while well, their feet are going to go flying up in the air. Well, I decided to pull his feet towards me smart, and smart. his skate came up and just sliced my knee wide open. And <laughs> I look down and I'm just like, oh, God, like this is not good. <laughs> and um, as skates over and he's like, dude, you're, 
you're a fucking idiot. Like, why, <laughs> why did you do this? And like, I'm like holding my knee and I'm like, Dude, this is, this is bad. Like, I know I'm an idiot. I get it, but this is, this is bad. And then while she gets up and he's like, Oh my God, man, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, why? Because you tried to fucking score on an empty net? Like, no. Like, so I started like freaking out at Walshy a little bit. And then all of a sudden I look up at S and I'm like, dude, like, I need you to, I need you to put a hand on this. I'm getting lightheaded here. Like I'm losing a lot of blood. <laughs> and then I pull my hand away and there's like a gash like this big oh. in my, not, not in my knee, but like in my, uh, in my tights that I was wearing. And then there was a hole about that big. Um, in my knee and I looked down and all I could see was hamburger meat and just blood gushing out. <laughs> and I'm like S, I need you to I need you to like put your hand on this and like you know like like make save a turn I don't know yeah, I was like I need you to save my life right now and S goes to put his hand on it and like I don't know what but his hand went in and then his finger just no. right, in, right in the hole and I was just like, motherfucker. And then he, he put, put his hand on it and he held it there. And like, we went into the locker room and I'm pretty sure I had gotten those pads at the end of the season before they were the diamond stitch, like V sixes, I think. Yeah. And so basically a fresh new pair of pads. It was right after my first year of juniors. Yeah. It was right, right after my first year of juniors. And so like, just like this nice, big blood splatter on the back of a pair of nice pearly white bond v6 diamond stitch pads and yeah s uh s saved my life after he fingered my hamburger meat <laughs> but uh yeah i you think i would have learned to not be a snap show after that but no it, it still continues to happen here and there keep on rolling <laughs> we stay yeah. the same yeah, I think, I think we I need could. a trigger warning for that part of the podcast or something. I'm about to throw up. Right? Yeah. But uh, ended up, like, actually, like, the repercussions from that kind of sucked. Like, they had to put, like, like legitimate, like, monofilament fishing line. Like, it wasn't, like, your normal stitching because it was in such a high-tension area that they oh, had, had to, to be like, tough. it literally – it. it literally like if they were going to stitch up a cow like i think that's the same kind of thread that they would have used like it was so thick that it got to a point and i had like some scar tissue build up i couldn't go from standing to like a catcher's position for like two months and i reported the coolie like, like it happened right after i made coolie in the na and then I reported the coolie and like, I couldn't go into a catcher stance. Yeah. <laughs> like I could barely goalie and I luckily figured it out. But yeah, that was, um, that was stupid. You thought I would have learned then, but no, I didn't. <laughs> what a beauty. Uh, I mean, talk about a tough spot to be in, but I've seen, you know, like in the movies and obviously it's a movie. So I want to <laughs> rephrase it's a movie, but like when a guy gets shot and you got to stop the bleed and they just boop finger you know finger in it keeps the blood yeah. in right if one would think that didn't work this time oh no that's so it's no. a movie yeah 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 it's a movie that's special <laughs> effects movie tactics yeah um, and it's way more painful than they make it look in movies yeah yeah way yeah. more <laughs> um carl uh you are as you just said uh a retired vet of the vietnam um a part of the defunct <laughs> coolie region show club yep the penguins you know i can't uh, believe i can't believe they folded <laughs> i can 
It's hard to believe. Who would have thought Cooley couldn't make it? <laughs> well, when we moved to Green Island Ice Arena, that was kind of a kiss of death. Like yeah. we, yeah, like we turned a like our show, our locker room wasn't a locker room. They just the, our coaches built it, which I'm still very good friends with uh, Lincoln Wynn, which you got you guys might know Lincoln. Ev, you I, might know. I know Lincoln because uh, when I was when I was in the Null, he he was at, at Marion and he was talking yeah, yeah. about. I think it was Mary. It was either was it Marion, right? Yeah, he was at Marion. He was the head coach of Marion for a bit. Yeah, so I was talking to him at that point for a while, but that was that was the only way I really knew him. Yeah, he's he's an incredible guy. He's a good buddy of mine. He's actually. He's got an invite to the bachelor party here coming up uh, in the middle of June. So it, it just shows our relationship. But uh, he was telling me that they actually had to build the locker room before. Like it was a part of it, like in his job description that he had to build the locker room before we got there. And then they didn't, the coaches didn't have an office. So they took the, like there was a storage room next door and we didn't have showers connected to our locker room yet. So they had another storage room that was next to our locker room. That was so it goes storage room that was now the locker room, another storage room, and then the Zamboni room. And so they built our locker room, and then they were like, "All right, well, our coach's office should probably go right here in the middle between the locker room and the Zamboni room." So they built the office, and then our owner was like, "Oh, well, we don't have showers for the boys." So then they took the storage room that they had that was now the coach's office and they cut it in half and then created another set of showers behind that. And the showers, instead of like install, like doing like legitimate plumbing for the showers, they just took from the hot water, the hot and cold water from the Zamboni room. They just ran one pipe, one fucking pipe, off of that water and it just ran across like halfway of the room and then they just drilled holes in there and then put like uh just like you know those like shitty like um ymca like uh shower heads the ones that just like spray everywhere they put three of them on there and then they put it in the room and they were like yeah like here's your, here's your showers <laughs> so yeah it was they uh they just put it together, but like right before the season started. So yeah, it was, it was bound to fail. <laughs> oh, I, I, I didn't play, I never played coolly, but I played in the NA three and we played like the, the freeze the, or whatever. The freeze. Yeah. Yeah. Where the, where the locker room and the shower stall room was the same room. And if, right. Yeah. And if I, you showered a little too long, all the water would flow into the middle of the room. Yeah, in the well, my my uh my memory from from Green what was it Green Island right? Yeah, my memory from Green Island. We're uh we went up there, you know, whatever played played uh like two games, like Friday Saturday series. Saturday, there's like a minute and a half left in the game. We're up two to one or something like that. Uh, the glass the glass broke, and um. So they like, you know, they, they come out, they look at it. They're like, Oh yeah. Like we'll get it fixed. Like everyone just go back to the locker room. Like we'll get it cleaned up and then come back out. Uh, so we go back to the locker room. It's like, okay, 10 minutes, nothing, you know, 
15 minutes, nothing. Half an hour goes by, nothing. 45 minutes, they're like, yeah, we think we got it good to go. Like, come on back out. And uh, we get out there, and they took two two-by-fours, and they just, like, lag-bolted them, like, into the into the stanchion over, over where the glass was broken. They're like, yeah, there's only a minute and a half left. That should be good. And our, our – uh, coach just looked at it and he goes absolutely fucking not like that this is not okay <laughs> so we ended like the re- and then the obviously the refs came out and they're like yeah this we can't play with this this is no they're literally like it was a pane of glass like this and there's a two by four here and a two by four here completely open it's I, like I, call of duty zombies when you're just throwing up the two yeah. by four <laughs> yeah oh my god <laughs> that's a throwback but um so we ended up like I was playing that game and we ended up having to go back up. Uh, like we tacked on like just the game at the beginning of one of like the next one. And like, I, we ended up losing, there was a minute and a half left and I ended up like, I had to, I had to start like this game and we ended up, they scored like a minute and a half and then like they went to like overtime or whatever. So we ended up having to play overtime. Then we had to play another game. So it was just, it was very weird, but we ended up losing it. But that was like my one, uh, my one Green Island. I couldn't believe that that happened. Uh, that is the know. most NA3 story of all time. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I can say that because I played in that league. Yeah, it's just par for the course. Yeah. Literally just par for the course. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, I mean, you just heard the story of Green Island, uh, the locker room there. Yeah, oh. that's, that's, that's par for the course. I I love as we have guests, we're learning more and more about Evan. Like, yeah, like the whole point's like we want to tell stories with Carl, but every time we have someone new, Evan's got a brand new story that we (laughs) learn about him. And this is great. (laughs) Um, I do want to like I wonder what that meeting, uh, that interview was like in Cooley when they hired that coach. Like, all right, what what's your team philosophy? How do you want to handle developing the players? Where do you want to move them? Like, blah, blah. How do you want to run your power play? All right, that's all great and all, but uh, like, what are your contracting skills like? Do you know plumbing? <laughs> right. Are you are you an electrician, or do you have a close friend that also knows hockey that could run like your D bench and be like your your electrician? Because you're gonna need to build that room. Oh, you don't have I would those not skills. Be surprised. All right, we'll see. Yeah, you've never. I held, would not held be drill? surprised if that was the case. Like. <laughs> Especially like once you get to the lower leagues, like NA3 or you guys remember the Minnesota Junior Hockey League? Yep. Oh yeah. The Twin Cities Northern Lights. Did you guys ever see that locker room? No. That was the first junior locker room I ever walked into. It was after my junior goal day season, my senior year. I walked into there and I shit you know, guys, it was a closet. It was legitimately a storage closet and they had folding chairs. And you know, you know, like the standard like apartments, like um the closets, how they have like those shitty wire racks. Yeah. There was, it was just one of those around the room. And then you had a folding chair. There wasn't even names for stalls. Like all they had was the shitty wire racks and folding chairs. Might as well was like this in the, the public rooms because those are probably better than that was. I was the third, third goalie there. I was just there to like practice and like, and actually Lincoln was the coach there. He was the assistant coach. He was the one who got me there. Small <laughs> world. Holy shit. And uh, walk into the locker room. I'm like, where, 
where the fuck it, where are the goalies sit? And like one of the goalies was like crammed in the corner. And next thing you know, like I had to go find my own. Luckily it was in Bloomington ice garden, which is 10 minutes down the road. It's actually close. My parents' house at the time was actually closer to Bloomington ice garden than it was to Braemar. Um, so it was actually very convenient for me, but like, luckily I knew like the people who worked at big, uh, Bloomington ice garden. And I was able to like go find my own fucking chair. And the only place, the only place there was room for me to get dressed was right next to the trash can. So like, I was literally like, I, I was handed my like practice Jersey and I didn't have anywhere to hang it. So I just draped it over the trash can. Just like, this is, this is what life is going to be like. Hey, eh? like, <laughs> man, I love junior hockey. I can't wait to keep playing. This is an incredible right? experience. <laughs> <laughs> Then I ended up in Steele County for the for that team in Owatonna, and the Steele County Blades. And the only reason why I wanted to go there was because I heard an ex NHL player designed the locker room, and it was the best locker room in the league. That was the only reason why I wanted to go play there. That makes sense. You <laughs> wanted to see what a real room would kind of look like, right? Right, right. And yeah. then it just ended up being a shit show there. And like <laughs> Wilmer, Minnesota, they pack barn. Do they? Oh, like, that was oh where yeah. I think Bronson played was the Warhawks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Bronson exactly Moore from that. ASU. They that town lives for it. Like yeah. they sell out every single night, and it's a shit show. Like yeah. I, I think, but even then, like they're gonna cut corners. Like even even in Cooley, the the whole sock tape thing, and the whole Cooley conversation reminded me of it. They gave us Velcro. Remember the old Velcro Easton oh. straps? Yeah. <laughs> they gave us those for practice. And like Lincoln, I remember he came in and he was just like, "That's all we got. <laughs> like this is, this is all we have to give you." And you can tell that like his hands were tied. He was just like, "This is all I can do for this you guys." Our league sponsor, we got him for free. Here you go. Yeah. There, there's some. I I don't I don't know if if I'd ever be able to find him again. But like, there's a, a couple kid like a kid from uh like up north in Toledo that played for Cooley and like a, a couple kids that were on Wisconsin that like I knew that played for Cooley too. And uh, like, there's some videos. Uh, there's one video that comes to mind. There's legit a video of a guy like jumping up and down on like one of those Easton Mako sticks, legitimately like jumping up and down on it, like yeah. trying to break it in half and it would just not break. And like, yeah, it's made out of recycled dumbbells. Like that's literally what those sticks are made out of. They were built to last. I used to, yeah, I used to find another funny story about Cooley. They used to cheap out so much and it was all, it was all on the owners. I was working at general sports. It was my first five years working there and they found out that I worked at general sports and well, I had to sharpen the entire team skates too. I forgot about that because they didn't like there was no skate sharpener there. So I was sharpening everybody. It was me and Lincoln that were sharpening everyone's skates in the teams. Um, but they were so cheap when it came to like ordering sticks in that they, when they found out that I like, I had access to this huge like storage room of like all the old shitty hockey sticks or whatever, they jumped all over it. And instead of having general sports, like or paying general sports to like ship it out here, they would, my parents would go and pay for the no. sticks and then drive them, drive them to Cooley and Dude. then 
like coolie would pay my parents but it, and it, like they knew my parents would come because it was like a two-hour drive from minneapolis so it wasn't a wasn't a big deal for them and my mom was like whatever like not a big deal anything to help you out like i had the best parents ever and like my parents would be the, the stick runners for the team because like they didn't want to like the owners didn't want to fork out the money even to pay for the fucking chipping it's like i'm getting you like sticks at like 50 to 75 bucks a twig which is unheard of and like you still can't pay for the fucking chipping <laughs> yeah you uh quarters you remember the movie war dogs I don't think I've seen. Wait, is that the skateboarding one? No, War Dogs is Jonah Hill and Miles Teller, and like they oh, sell yeah, ammo with, through you the U.S. contracts. Yeah, yeah. That those, was those, those are your parents, basically hockey dogs. <laughs> They're just moving illegal sticks across the border, hauling ass oh. in some F one fifty. We're gonna take a real quick break from the show to talk about one of our presenting uh, sponsors here, and that is Easy Crease. Take your goaltending development to the next level by giving your goalies a crease every drill as they should have. I'm sure you remember when you were a kid, you're doing half ice stuff and you have no idea where you're at. You're lost, no man's land, wrong turn at Albuquerque, you know, stuff like that. Easy crease quickly and easily gives goalies a crease anywhere on the ice. It works great for small area games, goalie clinics, or just anytime your goalie doesn't have a crease. Be sure to order now at www.easycrease.com, spelled exactly how it sounds, or check them out on Amazon. Back to the show. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, the reward dogs for the chill. Oh, man. That, that town had so much potential. So much potential for our. It is a sick little town. Yeah, awesome town. So many colleges there. It was good. There was like three colleges in town. We got in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so much trouble. I found my team. I won't say who it was, but there was one night where we got the green light to go out to Oktoberfest. And we, it was our it was our overage year, and he was my roommate. <laughs> and um, we had never gotten a curfew call before. We were like, "All right, ten o'clock, like you, you got to be home." And next thing you know, like I'm 15 minutes late for curfew. My coach calls. I was I missed the curfew call, so I was in a bunch of shit. And then he was like, "Guy, yeah, can I can I speak to your roommate?" And I was like, "Oh, uh, he's he's sleeping on the couch." We had no idea where he was. No idea. We lost the kid. We we lost him, and and uh, so we're like, all right, like, what are we gonna do? So we're like calling this kid. We're calling everyone. Like, can't find him. Like, shit is hitting the fan. I think I lost my no. I one hundred percent lost my phone that night. And so I'm on like it was when. Facebook just came out with the messenger. Right. And so I'm like Facebook, like DMing, like all my teammates, like trying to figure out like, where is this guy? Like, like we got to find him. We got to find him. And couldn't find him. So we were like, Oh shit. Like, so I get picked up from uh, a couple of other teammates to go to the rink that day. And we're all just like silent, like all the way to the rink. Like what, what, uh, what are we going to tell coach? Like, like what, what, what are, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I think we just tell him that he's at home sick. Like I, I, I th- like, I think that's what we do. Like we he's just tell COVID. him that he's at home sick. Yeah. He's got COVID <laughs> 2015. He's got COVID. And uh, so we're like, all right, we're just going to tell him that he's at home sick. We're like, all right, like good, like game plan, like whatever. So 
I described the whole locker room setup, right? Yeah. There was two doors to get in on each side. One was by the Zamboni door and you had to cross by the office to, uh, to get in there. And the other one was on the other side. It was always unlocked. Like you could get in that door any time of day. Like it was always unlocked. And we were like, all right, so we'll walk around the building and we'll go, we'll go in the side door. And so like, we don't have to run to the coaches. Like everything will be fine. Like they obviously know that we were out drinking because it was late for curfew, like whatever. And so I'm the first one in and I open the door and I look up and it's AJ Dagenhardt, our head coach right there. And he just goes, Adam, where's Richard? And I like, I, I think I swallowed my tongue. I was just like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a, I, I, I don't know. And then he's like, why don't you step into my office? And this is, we don't even step into their office. We step into like another like corner closet office. And I'm just like shit in my pants. And Lincoln is sitting there with his arms crossed, like all pissed off or whatever. And like trying not to laugh. Yeah. Like trying not to laugh. And then all of a sudden the door closes behind me and AJ sits down and they're like, you know, like what's going on. And they're like, wait, before you talk. And the next thing you know, the door opens and there's my, there's my buddy <laughs> right behind me. And I'm like, Oh my God, like what's going on. And then to make it even worse, Lincoln looks at us and he gives us the old, like, Oh, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm disappointed. Like that whole yeah. thing. And then our head coach, AJ pulls up my buddy's Twitter and starts scrolling through because Twitter's huge at this point. And he's like, can you read this text message from me last night? <laughs> or this tweet and he just bends down and he looks at it and he goes um tonight is dot 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 operation slosh <laughs> and i'm just like dude you tweeted that like like, <laughs> like like now we're really in deep shit and then like they told it like they get all pissed off at us and like they had like an 8 a.m. practice like just to make sure that like the boys didn't go too hard you know what I mean yeah. and then they uh <laughs> they come into the locker room and they like call call me and my other teammate out and they're like these guys miss curfew they couldn't even keep track of their friends like all this kind of shit like shitty teammates shitty leadership shitty this all this kind of stuff and then we're like all just shitting bricks. Like, oh, we're going to be in so much trouble here. We're about to get bag skating so hard. And then they just cancel practice. They're like, go home, get out of here. So we get out of there. And I look at my buddy as we're, we're driving home. And I was like, dude, like, where did, you, where did you end up? And he was like, man, I was just, I was roaming the streets, trying to find a couch to sleep on. I couldn't find a couch to sleep on. So we were like, hadn't even left the parking lot over the rink yet. Then he goes, I ended up finding a nice place to sleep right there. <laughs> so he slept on the park bench right outside the front door of Green Island. And when the coach showed up to the rink, he was passed out on the fucking park bench, just sleeping there. So like, <laughs> it didn't matter what I said. They caught me in like four different lines, like lined for this for my teammate, whatever. <laughs> it just ended up being a complete shit show. But looking back at it now, like the best story ever. <laughs> oh, <it's> hysterical. <laughs> like, oh man, I wish I could drop his name, but uh, I won't. <laughs> it 
does, it doesn't matter. But yeah, that was one of the many stories of us getting in trouble that year. Our billet parents actually were the ones feeding us. Um, that was the first time I ever tried apple pie moonshine was uh, oh. right, right after we walked in the Oktoberfest parade. Yeah. We were still wearing our jerseys when we were starting drinking. Ended up finding my phone at um, our team. Our team had like this intern who was in college there. And uh, I, left it in her front, I left it in her front yard. So like there was no secrets of like that the boys were just absolutely trash because we were at our intern's house apparently partying it up. But <laughs> they found my phone too. <laughs> Uh, you know what? At the end of the day, you just got to love it when a plan all comes together, you know? That's exactly <laughs> yeah. how we drew it up. <laughs> yeah, we, we had way too much fun. Way too much fun. But that's what it's about, right? Being yeah. young and stupid, playing juniors. <laughs> well, and that's the best part, too. Like, when you guys were formulating that plan, it was like, oh, this is going to work. Let's walk around <laughs> to the other side. There's no way they're ever going to expect us no, to from the no. other side. They're so dumb. They're so stupid. Yeah. sneak in and he's just waiting there for you no, right there idiots. right there and i guarantee you i didn't shower before heading to the rink that day or brush my teeth so i probably just stunk of alcohol i know yeah. that now and yeah. then you get a little vix vapor rub right here so you just smell like eucalyptus when you walk into the rink nobody has a clue now but didn't know that trick back in the day <laughs> oh oh carl Long and dumb. what a life what a life um that was that was my favorite part of like playing at school there's uh there's karaoke night on on tuesdays at this one at this one bar and just every time wednesday practice like you'd get in like for the little huddle like when coaches were drawing up the drills and it's just like oh my god oh, gross you get a buzz off of everybody you get a buzz off your own sweat <laughs> <laughs> oh, college is even worse too because our entire team is 21 we had one guy who wasn't 21 in college. Well, he um, could probably just slide in at that point, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. You just sneak in with the boys. Yeah. I so. love it. Um, Evan, what other uh, what other stuff you got? I don't know. Let me look at let me look at the elite prospects really quick. Well, well, you dig something up. I do want to bring up uh you got this has to end and uh you know, you're not even in any mortar, but the Famous Vaughn 5500 in Minnesota. <laughs> Carl, we got to find a way. Like, you got to cross that off the list when kids come in. You guys, Staubers. Minnesota is the only state where we will consistently get 5500 orders, unless it's like a beer leaguer from somewhere ordering on Goalie Monkey. Minnesota. Is Cleveland, is... Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one from Cleveland, Ohio going to my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the 55 Minnesota, like I don't, I don't get it, but it's just, it's not great. It's old tech now, but kids still order that. And it's, it's amazing. A, it's a baseball glove. Oh, that's, that's what why. it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's just a baseball glove, but the lack of protection on it. So the 5,500, uh, I broke my finger. I broke my ring finger. Uh, my first year pro wearing it. And that's what got me out of it. So I think we just need to go break everyone's fingers. Like this just is a go great, half great endorsement for the company. Yeah, yeah. We're just gonna go. We're just gonna go break people's fingers. No, I got. I got a puck that like jammed in right in the back. You guys have all fixed it now. You, you put the pad right in the outside of the fingers, so yeah. like that doesn't happen anymore. Fifty five hundred doesn't have that. Yeah. So I think. I think. I think we just got to tell everyone that like, hey, you're, you're gonna 
you're gonna break all your fingers if you use it. I because they'd st- well they st- when they started well that's what Everett is literally saying they're just outdated yeah. old technology yeah. they'd start curling and when they'd start curling that's when you'd get them right off the tip. Yeah. I don't know if I had the fifty five hundred what what Eight I had Tuka. That's like the same thing though, right? Essentially, uh, very There's old, it. yeah. But <laughs> legit, like I had I had. Cause the padding, the padding was here. And when it started curling, that padding would come back and I'd get them off my, I remember I lost my middle fingernail the one time. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was when I called Scotty and I was like, Hey man, like, I just, I need anything other than like a 5,500, like just send me what you got. And then he sent me the V seven, the, the one piece V seven that had that extra padding on the outside yeah. part of the finger roll. And I've never even thought about that since, but yeah, fifty five hundred. It's it's a baseball mitt. That's yeah. that's all it is. Yeah, that's why people love it. But, it took me yeah. forever to convince Stokes, I think, to get out of it. And then there was another kid, like another Minnesota beauty from Devonier, of course. That like, no, like he <laughs> listen to me, like you just got to stop. Like it, it can't. This has to end. So, that's, uh, I've been I've been getting like that. That V eight has been like the best ball glove for me. Like I'm still yeah. stuck in that V eight. Like I can't. I won't go to anything else. I love the one piece the V8. It's, it's, it's a baseball glove for me. Well, like, as, as long as it's not the 55, we're thrilled. I'm thrilled. So. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you guys were so fired up when I got out, got out of that thing. And then I, when I first saw the V8 come out, I didn't, I didn't even need it. Like you guys know, me. I'm, I'm the type of guy, like ever since when the SLR line came out, um, I've been like, just give me the new line. But before yeah. that, like I'd, I'd have to demo everything before. It's just like who I was, but I fell in love with the SLR line and like, just not get, give me the SLR threes. Let's go. Give me the, give me the new ones. Like, I don't care. I don't even need to test them out. I know what you guys do. Like just, just put them on my legs. I don't care. It was the first time I had ever seen a glove. Um, like any goalie glove ever. When the V8 came out, I called Scotty and I was like, Hey, I need that now. Like right now, <laughs> give me that glove. Get me out of this V7. Give me that V8 now. And I, I haven't taken it off my hand since. I love and it. I st- I'm, I'm an old, I'm, I'm an old soul, I guess. Cause I still use a V6 blocker. I used it. I think a 2000 side side piece and a 2200 front. And I won't change that. I yeah. Won't. With the binding on the face too. Yep. The oh, yeah. I love that. binding. Guy. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all style. Um, I got a question for you. I heard you called the cops when you got free furniture in the back of your truck. That's kind of like a gift, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, uh, you've been talking to S quite a bit, hey? <laughs> gotta do um, the digging. Yeah, there was there was one day in uh, I was playing junior gold. Um, it was my senior year of high school, and when I tell you I did care about school, I did care about school one bit in high school and my my senior year the last half of the year I heard that they came out with this blended class where Tuesday Wednesdays and Fridays class was optional and I signed me up found what's that sign me up oh yeah oh 100% that was the first one on the list trust me (laughs) um I I ended up putting that class in uh, my fourth period and your fourth period determined what lunch you were in. Yeah. So I had, and the classes were like an hour and 15 minutes long. And then lunch was like 45 minutes long. Yeah. 
So, and then after that, I had for that third period, no, I had math, but I had my first three classes as my real class. The fourth period was a blended class. Then it was lunch. And then I had ceramics after that and competitive gym to finish the day. So on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, I didn't have shit to do. So <laughs> when I when I made the decision to um, play junior hockey, I called us up and I was like, hey, like I got like three and a half hours during my day that like I can just skip out of school <laughs> and like come to me. He was working at Minnesota made at the time. And I was like, I can just come to Minnesota made and we can train. And he was like, yeah, perfect. So I showed up one day in the middle of school, like nobody's around. And I, I get on the ice with us and I had like, we had a really good session. Like he kicked my ass for about an hour and a half. And then he knew that I took my entire time. Yeah. Uh, like any time that I wanted to, I, I usually would run back home and shower and change and whatever. So I was just taking my sweet ass time in the locker room and I drove this, I called it Fenway for the green monster. I drove to Edina in a rusted out 1998 Dodge Ram 1500. <laughs> and I had a topper on it and I had taken the topper off on it. And so I come out after practice and it's probably 20 minutes or so after practice. And there is a full on desk, like not, not like just like your standard desk, like that, you know, it's just a desk with a tabletop on it. No, yeah, I'm talking yeah. like a desk. Remember the old computer desk that they had where it was like your, your computer was sitting in the middle and then there was like cubes all the way on the top for like, you know, your family pictures. And then there was like a file cabinet on the side and like for all your files. And then there was like, drawer for the actual computer to go all yeah. that kind of thing. it was one of those massive things just taken down and thrown in the back of my truck like and I, <laughs> I i come outside and it was like i don't even know where to fucking put my gear i don't have a clue and my my pickup it wasn't a four-door pickup it was like one of those like um it was like man, it was yeah it was like it kind of an extended cab but it didn't have this second door that opened up from the inside so you had to move the front seat out so there's no way goalie gear was given the back of that nope. so i was like looking around i was like i i don't i don't know where to put this like i don't have anywhere to put this and so like i go inside and, I, and like i go get help and i'm like hey like somebody somebody put this here they legally dumped this um this desk like in my truck and i'm like I, I don't know what to do with it and the lady was just working there was just like i don't know not my problem so i didn't want to call my mom and dad and like tell them like hey like you know like someone's targeting sorry. me <laughs> yeah somebody's targeting me. i was like i like because they they told me it was like kind of stupid to like leave school to go train and i was like I, I don't care so i didn't i didn't want them to have any reason to like be like yeah no more leaving school to go play hockey yeah. so i was just like all right i'll handle this myself so i called the cops cops show up and the guy's like what do you want me to do here and i'm like i don't know you're you're a cop i'm like 17 years old i don't know what the fuck to do with it <laughs> and i was like like can you do something about this and he's like no i can't do anything about it other than tell you to like go like throw it in a dump and i was like well that costs money man i don't have any money like i can't and also like I got to go back to school. And he's like, oh, you're still in school? Why aren't you in school? So I had to explain that. And he's like, all right, so you're playing hooky right now. <laughs> like, No, it's no not, not really. I'm in blended <laughs> class and I have senior lunch. So like I can leave the property. It's all good. And 
And then the cop is just like, well, why don't you just go throw in the dumpster out back? And I was like, well, aren't you going to give me a ticket for like illegally dumping something? And he's like, oh yeah, you're right about that. You're smarter than you look. <laughs> like the cop said that. And I was like, and then he's like, somebody's playing a prank. on I was like, why would anyone do this to me? Like, who, who, who do I know that would like leave a desk in, in, in the back of my truck? And, and he's like, I don't know. And then like we go inside and Bernie McBain, the guy who runs the rink was all pissed off at me. He was like, wow, wow, wow. like, why, like, why'd you do this? I was like, you think I did this? Like, I didn't leave this desk in the back of my truck. So he finally agreed to like, let me throw it in the trash in the back. Two days later, I get like I go see S Ryan S my goalie coach, and I'm, and he's like, hey, like uh, what what do you do with my desk? <laughs> like that was you, you piece of shit. <laughs> 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 that that that's that was you. You you threw that desk back there. He's like, yeah, I didn't know where to put it, <laughs> so I just put it in the back of your truck. <laughs> like, are you kidding me, man? I had to call the cops and everything. And then he was, he started shitting bricks because he thought he was going to lose his job with Bernie McBain because I called the cops and got the cops involved. So yeah, no, he threw a desk in the back of my truck and I panicked and called the cops. I'm pretty much myself. So yeah, that's that story. <laughs> um, I got one last question for you. Well, I actually got a couple. Um, yeah, I take that back. Uh, I gotta ask. I mean, I don't have any context to this, but airdropping photos at the bar. I'm just curious what those photos were and who you're airdropping them to. <laughs> oh, oh, so <laughs> we have. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, we went to a Twins game. The goalie company, Devonier, uh, myself, and Tori Tori Dahlback, who works over at General Sports with Devonier. Um, and then Ryan and then Allie Altman, who, who you guys know, um, she's actually the, the U S Olympic goalie coach now. She's, so she's, she, she's, she's a big dog. She's fucking big time. Yeah. She's, I was lucky. She's I got legit. a text response from her this morning when I was asking for stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is, she is big time. Um, yeah, she, she's the real deal. So we, uh, it was actually four of us. I say the company and it's just us four, Ryan, Allie, Tori and I, and we had, cocktails flowing at the twins game we actually sit in this i refuse to go to like a twins game unless i'm sitting in the catch and the catch is you sit in center field at this overhang and you can chirp the living hell out of anybody on the field like and everyone can hear you it's great and then it's all you can eat and all you can drink anything there and it's like any beer, any cocktail, like top shelf. And then they have like a bunch of like ballpark food and then some other like gour- gourmet dishes. They have prime rib there. That night, Sign me up. Let's go. Right? And it's like a hundred bucks a ticket. And all you got to do is like it's standing room only. And it's just like, who cares? I'm gonna oh, that's ideal. Like, like that's the best spot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't want to sit in those crappy little seats. So yeah, it was, it was a great time. And I think it was the first time that we had done it. And the game went into the game went into extra innings and it was like a noon start or something like that. And then the game ended up going to like eight or it was a Sunday night game. It went to like eight or nine at night. It was a long game. And then we found out that the even better thing about the catch, it stays open two hours after first pitch or sorry, after the last pitch. And so like, we just stayed there and we were just house and house and drinks. And then we didn't want the party to stop. So we, uh, we went over to Cowboy Jack's, which is right behind uh, Target Field. 
and it's a like a three-story bar. There's like the yeah. main main level, and then there's like a second level, and then there's a rooftop. And I was walking into the bathroom like right when we got there, and um, I didn't know that Tori came in behind me, but some guy and I like walked in at the same time, and this guy like walked in and like just like hit me in the back and then just like gave me this death stare like and like told me he was gonna like kick the shit out of me and i didn't say anything i just stared at him and i dropped trowel and that we're standing at a like a trough it wasn't even like urine yeah. it was a trough yeah and i just looked at him i didn't say a word because i was like if i say anything i'm gonna snap and then we're probably gonna end up fighting so i was just like let's just let's just be funny with this and I ended up taking, I stood up and I, and I pulled my pants all the way down. Right. And then I sat there and I peed like this with my pants all the way down and my ankles. And so my ass was just like hanging out completely. And I just, just glared at the guy, like just stared right into his soul while I was peeing. And I didn't know this. And I had my hands like behind my back, like a tough jacket. guy pose. Yeah. <laughs> like not even, a, I was just like, I was trying to look as dumb as possible. And I had no idea, but my buddy Tori like went into the stall and he saw this whole thing happening and he turns around and he like snaps a picture. So now like he's got this picture of me with my pants and underwear at, at my ankles, like taking a leak, like just like eyeballing this guy. <laughs> and um there's this like it was before it was like when podcasts were like just like blowing up at the time and i think it was like it was like the start of call her daddy you know what i'm talking about oh, okay. so it was like like girls were starting to like get a following with like these girl podcasters that were talking about sex and like all this kind of stuff and there was like another like off-brand like podcast off call her daddy at the time and it had this huge following and anyway those girls from the podcast were there so there was like a ton of girls there and it was like all these girls oh no sunday <laughs> night so like nobody was really at the bar so it was just like us for uh Devonier, and then like this hammered dude yeah huge crowd of girls in there we're all cross-eyed and all of a sudden like tori like i i didn't know this tori <laughs> shows us this picture and S is like, yeah, send that to me, send that to me. And he gets hold of this picture and he airdrops it to the entire bar. And next, next thing you know, you just see like, ding, 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 ding. And like all these people's phones are flashing and Ryan and Tori are sitting there howling. And I'm like, what are you guys howling about? And they show me the picture and they're like, we just airdropped it to everybody. And I was like, there's, there's no way you did that. Like you guys wouldn't do that. Like you're my friends. And then there's this group of girls, there's this group of girls that like I make eye contact with. And one of the chicks just looks across and goes, that's him right there. That's him. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, they actually did this. They actually did this. And yeah, they airdropped a picture of me pissing like a four-year-old in a trough to every girl in the bar. And what well, it ended like ended up being like all right and funny because like then next thing you know like a whole bunch of girls were just like coming up to the table and we felt like hot shots but <laughs> it was uh yeah that was <laughs> that was the airdrop story yeah <laughs> well i mean it segues into this because did they see your tattoo i guess 
Oh, the drunk tattoo. My mom and dad don't even know about this one. Oh, boy. Um, no, I didn't have the tattoo at the time. I didn't okay. have the tattoo at the time. No, that was, uh, I was with my buddy, uh, Hayden Shaw, down in, uh, <laughs> I call it my slutty little hip tat. And uh, <laughs> we, we were talking about getting tattoos all year. And we were supposed to go grocery store. We were supposed to go to Trader Joe's with another one of our teammates. And what, like he was at a golf shop that was next door. And so we were like, all right, like, we'll just, we'll head over to Miller's Ale House, which if you guys have been, uh, Evan, have you been down to Miller's Ale House in Jacksonville? Uh, I haven't been. No, I think I know where you're talking about though. It's, it's like, um, it's like a Texas roadhouse for like, for like breweries kind of for beer okay. so they have a bunch of like craft beer in there and it's like a um it's franchise so there's a bunch of them down there but we we get to trader joe's and our buddy shappy isn't there yet and he's like like i'll be like 20 minutes just like hang tight like we'll go we'll go shopping together and we lived across the hall from each other so we always cook together so we wanted to go grocery shopping together like just boys being boys you, you know how it is and so we were like, Shazi and I look at each other and we're like, hey, like we should go to Miller's Ale House and have a beer. And they had our favorite beer there. It wasn't our favorite beer, but it was the best beer because it smacked it quick. Um, <laughs> they were they were like nine and a half percent. They were called Space Dusters and they could only legally serve you three of them. Holy. Yeah. Like that's like, yeah. And they, they just smack the shit out of you. And so we're sitting down and we have one and then our buddy calls us and he's like hey like they're just like fixing the, the head of the driver like just order one more and then then i'll be there and that's a tall so, order like, at that like, point <laughs> we'll, 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 order, we'll order one more and then like we're feeling pretty good and then we finish those and then we, we finish them in like five minutes and then i look at my buddy shaz and was like hey like why don't we just hit our limit like why not like we're here like shabby's coming like uh, he'll drive us home. We'll leave the car here. Like no big deal. And then we get a call from Shappy and he's like, Hey, I'm coming, but I, I kind of want to have one. So like order one for me. And so we grab the bartender. We're like, Hey, I know we're only supposed to have three, but our other buddy's coming in. And like, we showed him a picture and he's, he's got like this huge beard and he's, he looks like he's 35 years old. And we're like, this is him. He'll be here in just a second. Can you get one for him? She's like, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. So we're on our third space dust. And then we get a call from Chappie. He's like, dude, I just looked at your location. You guys are in Orange County. We're, we're at the wrong. I'm on, I'm on the other side of Jacksonville. You went to the wrong Trader Joe's. And we're <laughs> like, oh, my God. All right, this is, this is stupid. So we're like, we got to split this other space duster. So we, we hammer that, and then we split the other space duster, and then we walk across the street to Trader Joe's. And <laughs> we get to Trader Joe's and we walk in the door and we're feeling fantastic. And like, we're, we don't have a worry in the world. We're grabbing everything off the shelves. Like first row we see, we're just like, we grab like four loaves of bread. We're like, oh, this bread looks good. This bread looks good. We're going like, to need that. Yep. And we, we get around the corner and this chick has wine tasting. Oh, this is pre-COVID. So like, there's all these like, bottles of wine sitting out so we're like let's go let's line go. them like, up for i gotta, us. Test. So gotta try everyone <laughs> yeah, so we start hammering those and then we get to like we we 
get up to the register and we're like, all right, like we just wanted to like get to get one meal. Like we were shopping at Trader Joe's for like one nice meal at uh, like for dinner that night. And we get up to Trader Joe's and we have a whole bunch of shit. We ended up spending like 220 bucks at Trader Joe's with just, yeah, with just a bunch of nonsense. So we were like, all right, like whatever. So we push everything back to the car and <laughs> we got our grocery cart full. We, we closed the top and then Shazi looks over at me and he goes, you're driving? It's like, no. Like, are you driving? He's like, no. And I was like, what, what, what are we going to do? And he's like, oh, well, we got all these groceries, so we can't Uber. Like, do we want to call one of the boys? And I'm like, oh, it's probably a bad look. Like, <laughs> we just left practice, and now we're, like, cross-eyed. It's not even <laughs> an hour and a half. Like, we should probably, like, settle down a little bit. He's like, well, there's nothing around here. And then I look around, and I see a tattoo shop. And it was just, like, straight out of a movie where it just looked like it was glowing. <laughs> distance. And so we get to this tattoo shop. And there's like a huge sign on the door that says like, if we feel like you're under the influence of drugs or alcohol yeah. or anything, there won't be like, we will not serve you. We will not do any tattoos or whatever. And we walk in there and we're like, like, like pickled. And we're like, Hey, like, can, can we get a tattoo? And they're like, yeah, sure. Like whatever you guys want. And they're like, what do you want? And we're like, um, I, I I don't know. And then we literally open the book and we go that one, that one right there. And so we, we, we go and we get this fucking tattoo and we, we come back to the rink the next day and we get this, Oh, we gotta, we get this fucking dagger. Right? <laughs> right? But the worst part is, is like in this little line right here it said hate and I, like for whatever reason like that just like spoke to us at the time and like by the end of it she was like this chick who found out like halfway through she just started tattooing and her other job was that she was a stripper and so I was like oh my god like I totally like sobered up right as I heard that and then she was about to start writing hate and I was just like you know what you probably probably shouldn't write hate <laughs> like, you know what this looks I, like, good i think <laughs> i think i'm this, good this is fine this is i'll fine, figure out so. a, i'll figure out a word in like a couple of years yeah yeah, yeah i'll figure yeah. something out yeah that's pretty much what was going through my head but like thank god like that went through my head but yeah uh that was my slutty little hip tat that <laughs> <laughs> we drunkenly got <laughs> i just <laughs> I love that it just looks like it's like folded in, like your skin's the pocket now because oh, there's yeah. no because normally there would have been like the word so you would have said like oh yeah. like okay I see how this is but now it's like just ribboned into your yeah. skin like I into the just stab myself one day <laughs> <laughs> what a strange tattoo like body. yeah and you know my fiance is over here she's been listening to this whole thing probably just shaking her head at me the whole time but um she she met the real uh the real adam the like carl on our first date uh we had a couple drinks at one of one of our favorite spots and i took up the courage to uh tell her that story and pull down my pants at the bar to show her that tat or on our first to. date so yeah so i think that's the moment she fell in love with me yeah and she's shaking her head <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> 
Yeah. So yeah, I guess I, I stick to my guns. Yeah. Do Carl, dumb shit. All time, man. Like the story. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's more. There's more loaded up. I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like just, when I, when I do this ass. prep, I, I have like fishing guy, Devin here. Like I got all the things we got over. We haven't even talked about your beauty league mic ups where like you get scored on. You're like, Oh, that should I have that one? Like, those are hilarious. Yeah. This is yeah. just all you, man. Like, this is so yeah. funny. <laughs> I just, I found like, I found out early in my career, like I didn't have, I was a bit of a dipshit on my, on my NHL contract in terms of like who I was as a person. Like I got, I got a big head with it. And I was kind of a douchebag for a little bit. Like, you hand a 21 year old kid, a max entry level contract, you get, you get a pretty big head, especially like I get cut from high school hockey ended up going division one. I thought like that was peak. And then freshman year signed an NHL contract. It's just like, Oh my God, how big could yeah. my head get? And then um, I was pretending to be somebody I wasn't. And then like didn't end up signing another deal um, after my NHL contract. And then I signed with rapid city on an ECHL deal and just like came back to reality and just like started like just, turn, turn myself on again. And just like, you know, it was just like, just, just be yourself. You don't need to pretend to be this, this perfect soul or like the biggest beauty at the bar and buy everyone drinks. You don't, you don't need to, you don't need to do that. Just be yourself. And, uh, once I, once I started to do that, I, my, my pro game elevated and I ended up getting an American league contract after that. And then COVID happened and fucked everything up. Um, <laughs> but like, I've just been like true to, I've just like gone back to who I was before the NHL contract. And like, it's like, I think that's the best thing that could have ever happened was just, you know, that little bit of a PP whack after, you know, not getting that contract. And then just realizing at that point at 23 years old, like there's no point pretending to be anybody else. Like you're, you're not going to be liked in the locker room if you're this big kind of pretender because everybody sees right through it, literally everybody. And so, you know, from that moment on, it was like literally the day I ended up in rapid, I was just like, just, just be you like no matter what. And like, if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't, it, it is what it is. You are who you are. And, um, I've just like kind of stuck to that ever since then. And it's, uh, I've had a shit ton of fun. I've made a ton of friends and I think it's working out because all my stories <laughs> seem to be pretty outrageous and we haven't, even, we barely scratched the surface, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I think you bring up an interesting point, which is the hard part is though, Carl and I, I'm sure you're like this. Cause I, this is how I was like you, there's so many guys in the league right now, like NHL wise that are like that young kids and yeah. stuff like that. But the problem is, and I'm that asshole too. Like if you told me that I'd say, no, you're wrong. I'm different. Right. Blah, blah. So you can't eat like the hard part is they're in such a poison and you're in such a bad spot where like, if you told them and be like, you're, you're an old man, you're full of shit. Like, you don't know what you're talking about, but like, you're like, you're watching it. Like, no, that, yeah, no. Yep. I did that. Check that off. Check off. Yeah. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? So it's made all those mistakes. It's crazy how that, that all works, but it's awesome. Like you kind of like, you ended up figuring it out and you know, like the bio says, you know, what is it like uh career minor leaguer or something on Instagram? Yeah, career minor leaguer, professional yeah. minor leaguer. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that's me to a T right there. 
professional, um, but still minor leaguer. <laughs> Evan, what do you got? Uh, nothing. I was I was just curious where did where did you guys stay in uh in Jacksonville? What apartments? Because I heard you say hallway, and where we stayed, it was like I'm trying what? to think where, where it was, but it was like we were I mean, they were not they were not like our our uh i've never seen were you in the townhomes kind of uh was that your year maybe i i don't even remember what they were called but i just remember the cockroaches were the what? size i'm not kidding you i have a video on my phone of a cockroach like that yeah. day, just ripping around on my floor <laughs> our our washer and dryer there was a um we had like a deck off the back of our, off the back of our apartment or whatever. Our washer and dryer was outside on the deck. It wasn't in our, it wasn't in our apartment. It was, I was, cause like, I was like, where do you guys do your, like, at, cause it was like in this stuffed in this like closet. And, and I, I went to the rink the one day and like, I was like, like loads, where do, where do you do your, your laundry? He's like, just on your deck. I'm like, what do you mean on your deck? He's like, go in that go in that closet on your deck there's our washer and drivers outside in a closet on our deck i was like what the fuck but no i because i don't know they were they were not i mean it's the coast you can't really get too picky but we're definitely not and as i say that i'm looking behind you and you have your apartments there oh. like they're fucking taj mahal <laughs> ours are beautiful like we like we have some incredible bathrooms or like bathrooms i just it just panned over you see how this creepy like, have you seen this uh, this camera that just follows around? I, I was gonna ask you once we shut it down. What do you what What do you got going on here? Are you in the metaverse or what? Yeah, this is the new iPad. Oh. Allie and Ryan hooked it up at Devonier, and this thing follows me around. Like, I'll go walk over here. <laughs> that is so cool. It's outrageous. It's, you I said it's an a, iPad. I can go take a leak over here, and it'll watch me. It's an iPad though, like yeah, this is not an iPad. Man, Devonier, like you want, like I wanted you to plug Devonier a little bit. You want to talk about an elite goalie school to give you technology like that? Let's go, baby. I love that. Um, We're elite. I feel bad, Evan. I was just looking at your top or your elite because uh, I was trying to figure out when you were in Jacks if you guys had crossed paths, and it says status retired, I, and I was like, oh man, that's tough. <laughs> I think I think you you missed me by I think you were there the year after. I'm trying. Yep. I'm like going down. Well, that was I'm my going down two eighty five. My uh, like Smurf. It was it was always a like crazy playing for Smurf because I was literally there for probably 25, 30 games, and I played yeah. two games the entire time. He just uh, Charles Williams was there too, and I mean he he Ducky. was really good that year, yeah. and he, he just rode rode Willie and like. Willie like would come up to me and he'd be like, man, like my back is killing. Like he'd be like, this is killing me or that is killing me. And he's like, and he was like too scared to say anything to Smurf. I think about like, yeah. like maybe I, maybe I should get a night off, but no, I mean, I don't know what he was like for you, but he, he was always like nice to me. But I think when I got, I think he thought I was going to be a lot better than I was. And he, and when I got there, he was like, ah, and he just <laughs> held on to me for a while because my first game I did kind of good, and then like after that he was just like, "Ah, this kid is just gonna sit on the bench." He uh he did that all the time. I remember. So do you recognize his name? Shit, what is his name? Oh my god, 
I'm having a brain fart on it. He was with the Canadians for a little bit. Uh, oh. Man, I could I could see his face. Um, Gary Price? No, no. <laughs> yeah, he was down on the coast of me in Jacksonville. Um, I, I forget the guy's name. Shoot. Um, doesn't matter. But uh, we were going every other game at the start of the season. Then he ended up getting called up to Laval because he was on a contract with the Canadians at the time. Was it Primo? Uh, McNiven. No, it wasn't Primo. McNiven. Yeah, McNiven. McNiven. So McNiven and I were going like every other, and then he got called up. And then um, we had this other kid come. He was – what was his name? Here, I'll, I'll read you the other names. I just, yeah. I just pulled it up on EP. Uh, Outhouse McNiven. Nope. Uh, come on. Outhouse McNiven, Halford, Helvig. Halford. Halford came in and he was my bad. He did the exact, like Halford was like you in that situation. I played 22 games straight before COVID hit 22 games straight. Like those like five and sixes. Remember those stupid road trips? Like I'd play all five, all five of them. But uh, back to, the apartment setup that we were initially talking about. Oh yeah. So I don't remember the exact name of it, but uh, it was right off of 228. So that like the, that highway that goes like past the Vice star and then it goes over the river. Okay. Um, it was the first exit off of that. And Oh my God, it was the most ghetto place ever. Yeah, I was going to say that's sketchy there. It was really sketchy. Like you couldn't walk to, there was a gas station around the corner. If you wanted to walk to that gas station during the day, you had to like go with somebody. Even and like where that practice over by that practice, because that would, that would have been kind of the practice rink. That was, that was sketchy over there. Oh yeah. It was really sketchy. And like cockroaches, man, that was the least of our concern. We had uh, my buddy, Mike Hedden, um, his wife, him and his wife. And then they had their daughter, KK, who was like three years old at the time. Um, Callie's actually a bridesmaid in her wedding, so super small world, but they were like, there was no grass in the entire complex. It was just like sand and like mud and like KK would be like out in the yard playing and then like pick up a syringe and it was just like, like it was so bad, so bad when I was there, like they've been in better, like just hearing about the cockroach of that, whatever. Like it was so bad when we were there. Like the kitchen man was like the size of most people's closets. It was so disgusting. Like we didn't have like, uh, like, you know, the microwave, like microwave ovens have gotten bigger with time. Like the inside have gotten bigger with time. Like the plate, like, dude, it was the size of our iPad. Like the, the microwave was like the standard size of your microwaves now, but the place where you like, you couldn't even fit a plate in there. Like, because like you put it in and the walls were so thick on it. It was like smaller than an iPad. And like, you put it in there and it would take like 15 minutes to do a baked potato. Like it was so sketchy, so ghetto. So like, like we had, we had guys in their team. I won't say who that like legitimately would have got like went out and got a gun and would just like leave it on the counter. That's how sketchy it was. Dude. Like it was, it was, it was 
bad, but still an unbelievable place to play. Like we had oh, so yeah. much fun there. We had so much fun. Yeah. It didn't matter where we lived. Like we had a ton of fun. No, but, it is the lights out spot. But like just talking about like disgusting apartments, like you're probably a little luckier than me where like you, you'll like sign with a team and you're there like the beginning of the year and you'll just be there. But, yeah. Like me, like I'm always like call up, you know, released here, sign here, wherever. I'm always getting into these apartments and like these rooms like after people have been in them and like yep. they try and get out of town as quick as they can man i i remember i went into uh the first apartment i had in wheeling wasn't bad but i went in well okay i shouldn't say it wasn't bad but <laughs> the first one i went into i was literally living on top of another guy's stuff because he went up to like syracuse or something he thought he was going to be gone for a weekend so he left literally everything he had there he yeah. was gone for like three months. Yeah. So literally just living on top. I'm like, all his stuff is still here. And I'm just like living out of, my, I have like my hockey bag full of stuff just on the side, living, living. And then like, I went, I got released from there, whatever, went 19 more other places. And then when I went there at the end of the year, it literally, I went into this room and it, it looked like, I'm not, it looked like a, like a, a crack house like a crack house i mean it was the whoever was in it before there's just spitters everywhere like there's a there's like holes in the in the bed like i bring my own bedding everywhere just because i figured it out after yeah, stops like holes in the bedding like like it looked like cigarette burns or something like and i'm just like dude that was the worst that was i think that was probably the like just the worst part about being like a suitcase guy is you're always just fucking moving into some other guy's slop dude yeah actually like i i had a couple of those but luckily i've, I've been around the block and not now that i'm in, engaged uh, actually three of the four years that i've been here i've had i've had my own apartment which is oh. which is nice but like that's that's all discussed like in contract negotiations so like that's yeah. like in my contract and it was now now it now it's just kind of a thing because well it has to because we're basically married so yeah. once once you're married it's you get your own spot but yeah like i've i've lived that life like the the worst the worst i ever had to deal with like i lived in you guys know mason mcdonald he's a fun guy i right? do oh yeah i i lived in uh, i lived in mason mcdonald's room the same way that you were just talking about like oh. and then he ended up getting called back down from um from Stockton because it was when I was in Kansas City he ended up getting called back down and like I had taken over the starting role there in KC and so he wasn't getting games and they didn't want to move me out of my situation so they kept me in his room <laughs> yeah and so yeah. like he had to come and like grab his stuff out of his room but it was my, my room and then I got called up to Hershey to end the year and finish the year in Hershey and like then he was allowed to like go back into his room it was just like it was it, it sucked like that was <laughs> like like yeah that's minor league living man it's fucking brutal at times yeah yeah <sighs> um Evan you got anything else no man, I'm good to go. I, was, I I can't believe we never crossed paths, but right. Nice talk, nice chat, in a little bit. Likewise, never, uh, likewise, this is never a bad place to cross paths. Um, no, but uh, I do want to ask here, Carl. You have a great yeah. hat on. You were a part of a great goalie school out in Minnesota, Devonier goaltenders. 
you know, like you said, on the board of that, uh, Allie Altman, Ryan S, two fantastic people. Uh, you guys are in camps all summer. You're, we talked a little bit about it. You're doing some uh, online, you know, coaching throughout the season, even yep. for, with kids back home or maybe even a kid like Carson Stokes trying to go over like, yep. how'd you do in New Mexico this weekend? You know, what can we do? That kind of thing. Tell us a little bit more about it. Well, just uh, the whole virtual side of things, we're, uh, we're trying to teach goalies to kind of take charge of their own game during the season. Um, and, it, you know, most like if, as goalies have known from be, be the beginning of the game, we never get coaching, yeah. um, especially once, once you get out of high school. And even when you, you are in high school, like the coaches that you have aren't, aren't the greatest. So program that we put together, um, it's an invite only thing right now. Um, so it's, it's pretty under the radar, but um, we do offer like some video reviews and stuff, but it, it's basically to, encourage kids to be on top of their game all around in terms of save selections throughout a game, practice planning to diet, mental health check-ins, um, being a mentor, being the somebody who's going to call you out on all that kind of bullshit. And then just kind of teaching goalies to become their own coach as best as possible. Um, like when, when you're going through a practice, the, even like the best practices I ever have is when a goalie coaches on the ice and when he gives me information and then it's boom, like I got this point to focus on in practice. We're trying to do that in the sense of getting on top of it before practice starts. So like we'll go, we'll go through a game film, develop a practice plan on drills that need to happen throughout that given that given week or that month or two week period. However, often we're meeting, um, and then we kind of break off of that and then, um, you know, just teach these kids their habits that they need to work on. And then basically at that point, they have to be a pro about it. Be like basically teaching these kids to be a pro before becoming a pro. Um, and then understanding like, hey, like the ball's in your court with this. Um, you, you can sit here and you can take this practice plan and you can do it and you can work on these details and if you do, we're going to notice them in the games. And that was one of the really cool things um, when I, and I didn't even know what happened to me when I was um, getting recruited by Washington, they, they sent me clips um, virtually. Like they just sent me a whole bunch of clips and they actually, Matt Murray was the goalie that Scott Murray um, said, who's now the goalie coach for um, Washington Capitals. He was with Hershey at the time and he was sending me all these clips and kind of like coaching me in this similar way um, when I was at Mercyhurst. And he was like, hey, these are the adjustments you need to make. Here's a couple of drills for you to work on. I went and I did it and I paid attention to the details and boom, next thing you know, we're going over our game film together. And because I followed through and I did those things the correct way and I was a pro about it, they loved how I did my adjustments and how I treated each practice and each week because they would send me like multiple videos and it was like four or five throughout the season. And they saw how I progressed during it. And they're like, all right, this guy's a sponge. They did all their background research and all this kind of stuff. And then boom, max entry level contract. So it just kind of taking that and implementing it into our Devonier program 
uh, and on top of the video reviews that we've done and just helping kids and mentoring them and guiding them into becoming their own goalie coach while being mentored by their own goalie coach um, is kind of our goal to do it. So I'm, I'm excited to see where this takes off and uh, we're in year one of it. And um, this season's going to be uh, a learning curve for it, but we're, we're excited about it. And I hope to make big changes in kids' careers. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm pretty pumped uh, that you guys are rolling something out that kind of like, you know, breaking the mold or doing something different, at least for your guys' kids. And, you know, yeah. I think it'll impact their games uh, to find out more about your guys' summer plans. I mean, those aren't up, but you guys will probably have Christmas camps. You probably won't be there because you have to play hockey games. But nonetheless, yeah. uh, if you want to find out more information about Devonier goaltenders, you can head actually and you check out their new apparel line, which you guys may still have open orders for. Or is that canceled? Um, I think if, if it is, there's like a day or two left of it. Um, well, hurry your ass up and get online and get the yeah. Devonier goaltenders.com. Yeah. And that's spelled D-E-V-E-N-I-R goaltenders.com. Check out apparel. Check out the, all the info. You can check out, you know, their next dates and uh, winter camps coming up and stuff like that. And actually, the website is just so beautifully done and it's uh, very nicely done compared to a lot of other places. The other thing for all the people that are on Instagram, that are on social media and everything like that, you can head to at Devonier Goaltenders, like I just spelled it, D-E-V-E-N-I-R Goaltenders, and check them out on Instagram. And it's a great way to get a hold of them. So, yes, it uh, is. Carl, you got any other... Uh, you got anything else you got to plug, mention, bring uh, up, shout hey, outs? Shout out to Vaughn, man. I've been a Vaughn guy through and through. Um, you, got, you guys have done nothing but take care of me throughout my entire career. Um, you guys made me feel like a family. And, you know, thank you for having me on here. This was a, this was a blast. Evan, like, like we said, I can't believe we haven't crossed paths, but here we are now between a couple posts. So um, <laughs> thank you for having there me you on. Go. This is a blast, and anytime you guys want to talk goalie or just bullshit or talk stupid stories about hockey or life, but I'm all I'm all here for it. So appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Well, Carl, thanks again for hopping on, and uh, yeah, we'll stay in touch. Maybe we'll do a follow up end of season, see what kind of shenanigans you get into and wrap it. All right. Oh, we'll, we'll get into something. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, right buddy. Uh, yeah, for sure. Good luck with the rest of the year, and we'll stay in touch. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.